and welcome to the Real Talk Realtor podcast. I'm your host, Nekabari Tor, licensed realtor with Howard Hanna. This podcast is where I have conversations with actual buyers, sellers, and other real estate professionals. In each episode, I will talk with guests about their personal experiences in real estate and give them an opportunity to share their perspective and give advice to help listeners. In today's episode, we continue where we left off talking with Emily, a mortgage consultant with First Priority Mortgage. Today, she's going to talk a little bit about the 20% down myth. And also, she's going to tell us about her one team, one dream mentality. Let's dive right in. I know a lot of you know people don't regularly pull up their credit information as they should and just see what's on there. Um, and I think we're allowed to be able to do that twice a year for free. Um, right. in some capacity, but I know when I talked to you, I think close to a month ago or two, once, um, we got into this COVID atmosphere, you said you were doing more, uh, refinancing. Yes. Refinancing, uh, than anything else. Absolutely. So during COVID, um, well, we're, we're, I guess we're not post COVID. <laughs> we're still we? in COVID. We're going to be we're here for a while. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but I would say during the time that, um, real estate was not essential business, which would have been um, more my March and yeah. my April. Mm -hmm. I was extremely blessed because of the amount of time that I've been in the business. I had a tremendous amount of following of people to refinance mm -hmm. because during this very difficult time, um, interest rates have come down. Right. So right now, um, rates are at an ultimate low. And when I say that, um, I say I've never locked in interest rates as low as they are right now. So mm. if you've been listening, 19 years, I've never <laughs> locked in a rate before <laughs> as low as I'm locking them in right now. Right. So rates are phenomenal. And people have been taking advantage of that and doing refinances and mm -hmm. um, how we've embraced that is we're just, we're not even doing full appraisals, Nakabari. We're just doing um, when we can, we're waiving the appraisal altogether. Mm -hmm. So the stronger the credentials of the client, we're not even doing appraisals on refinances. So I would say that I'm probably 75% of my pipeline, we're not even doing appraisals on. Mm -hmm. And they're just rate and term refinances, which means they're getting, uh, they're either reducing their term or reducing their interest rate. And it's putting them better in a financial position Position and we're not having right. to do an appraisal at all. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, we're just doing a drive-by. Mm -hmm. So I was extremely blessed during the months that I wasn't writing purchase business. I was doing refinance business. Yeah. The good news is, I think, have the floodgates opened a little bit in Nakabari? Because <laughs> now I'm doing refinance business and purchase business. Yes, I would definitely say, you know, you were talking about, you know, when this all started, well, I won't say when it all started because, um, well, in terms of real estate for us here in Rochester, New York, um, you know, around that March and April time frame that you were just talking about, that is, you know, that's real estate season. That's when you have, you know, everyone in the market, their homes are all spruced up, um, you know, all the buyers, sellers, just everyone's, it's, it's spring. Um, for listeners out there, we live in Rochester, New York, and we get 10 months of snow and two months of good weather. Good could be rain and sleet and 
Um, so it, it, it's a mixture. Anyway, <laughs> the point is at that time of March and April, that's when our spring market is was really supposed to start up and, um, you know, real estate was supposed to, you know, continue booming, I guess. And, you know, it kind of just everything just halted. Um, but right now that our spring market started later, able to have a little bit more contact still apart, but we're able to, you know, go out and um, view homes. And I think, you know, spirits are lifting up a little bit and, you know, we're starting to see more buyers and sellers out there, you know, actually getting into, you know, some real estate transactions. I would definitely agree with you that things are, uh, things are lifted a little bit. What's probably helped that in my opinion, Nakabari, is um, the interest rates. Yeah. Um, the other day I had a client um, that had been pre-approved with me. And the last time it was, I had chatted with them because they had kind of put the home buying um, on, on hold, on pause, was in mm -hmm. March of 2019. So in March of 2019, I had them pre-approved. And the difference between the rate then <laughs> and now was a whole percent. Oh, wow. Which is huge. And that means for this particular consumer, based on their purchase price, um, which was 300000 they could spend an additional $32,000 and have the same mortgage payment they would have had had they bought the house last year. So wow. what I'm saying is the interest rates have such a positive impact to the mortgage payment that people can buy more house today yeah. than they could have last 2019 March. Mm -hmm. And on a $300,000 purchase, as you're in a bidding war, maybe, right, in this yeah. crazy seller's market we're in, right, Nakabari? Mm -hmm. um, if you have to go over asking, it might give a client some peace knowing that the money's going to cost them less. And if they have to go over asking, well, they already know that with the interest rates being so low mm -hmm. that the mortgage payment will actually have no impact by going 30,000 over ask. Not that you would do that, but, but right. on the right property that might happen. Right. 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 So it's always great sharing great news, right? Mm -hmm. It's always um, wonderful to, to start a conversation about rate. I mean, as a loan officer, I can't talk enough about how wonderful the rates are right now. And it's a, <laughs> it's a great conversation to have. And I feel like, um, although we are under some different, we're buying houses under different circumstances today, right? right? And mm -hmm. there's different um, layers of um, safety and, and mm -hmm. precautions that we're all taking. But the good news under the whole thing is yeah. that the mortgage rates are low. And I think that's what's really kind of driving the market right now, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, since our market, our spring market started later on, um, you know, what's hidden out there, you know, all the it's the best way I can describe it is kind of like when you have like a flock of birds and then you're sitting on the bench and then you're throwing the bread out. Like what happens then? It's like all the birds come together and they're just flocking in towards that one, um, that one piece of bread. And that's kind of what happens in certain price ranges when a new home gets listed. It attracts all of these buyers out of nowhere and they're featured in that one part, 
on property and which is why we've seen multiple offer situations um, and you know in certain price range the competition is just so fierce I do agree with you, Nakabari, and, and it's disheartening, right? Because yeah. I, my client, the client will call me and they're all excited. Nakabari showed me a house and I'm so excited. And the purchase price is this. And, you know, we're going to go over ask <laughs> at this amount. And I run the numbers for them and we adjust the pre-approval letter to make sure it's fresh with the date on it for the day. <laughs> And we put our best foot forward and then unfortunately they don't get the house. So mm. it, it can be a little painful yeah. right now, but how we can equip them is first off using a local lender, right? right. I mean, I think it's imperative that when you're getting pre-approved um, that you use a local lender. First right. priority is a local lender, but if you have a relationship with someone else, make sure that they're local. And make sure that um, the pre it's you're pre-approved and not just pre-qualified. And you might mm -hmm. say, "Oh, wait a minute, what is she saying? What did what's that?" And <laughs> the difference is essentially a pre-approval means that I have verified the information, mm -hmm. which means I may ask for a pay stub, yeah, or a W two, or if you're self-employed, I may ask for a tax return. Um, and a pre-approval means that I have reviewed information, I've verified it, and now you're pre-approved. Yeah. That is a very strong, is a pre-approval. A pre-qualification means that a lender has asked you questions, you've answered them, they verified credit, and based on the information provided verbally, um, you qualify for the mortgage. Right. So making sure that your clients are pre-qual are pre-approved and not just pre-qualified is important. And we, we got to look at this as, um, putting our best foot forward. So keeping your, making sure you're pre-approved, making sure you're with a local lender and making sure your pre-approval is fresh. So if you were pre-approved and it's been 30 days, right, and they have multiple offers yeah. and um, Jane's pre-approval letter is dated uh, for the date, the contract, the, the offer was written and mm -hmm. Jack's pre-approval letter is 45 days old, yeah. Jane's, if they're the same offer, you know, the one that's less, that's newer is going to be maybe looked at also uh, a right. little bit stronger because it's fresh, right? The details. So, again, back, not to oversell it, but one team, one dream, right? Keeping that pre-approval <laughs> fresh, keeping the numbers fresh and, and putting your best foot forward um, is, you know, is what's going to get you to, to win, right? I mean, we all want to be winners and yep. a winner uh, for an accepted offer um, is, is what we all want to see, right? That's what, mm -hmm. that's what keeps our buyers happy and, and then maybe a referral our way, right? <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I think I'm going to actually change the name of this podcast to One Team, One Dream. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it. More times we have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, it, really just, it really just coincides with everything we do. Um, you know, one team, one dream. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between getting pre-approved online, going to your local bank, or, you know, you do as a mortgage lender, you know, talk about the differences between the three, because um, it's something that I am also intrigued about, you know, what is, what are the differences? Absolutely. I mean, obviously the client 
should use who they feel comfortable with. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can speak to um, what I know. And that is back to, I think, local lenders. I mean, online applications, sometimes, you know, it's easy, right? You can do it at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. Um, Mm -hmm. and you just submit your information online and you get your pre-approval letter and it's quick and easy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I I feel like in, especially in a seller's market, Nakabari, it's important to have a local lender. Um, and, and I feel like your pre-approval letter will stand tall if Mm -hmm. it is with a company that the listing agent, right? Because there's usually two agents in a transaction, right? So you Mm -hmm. have your listing agent and you have your buyer's agent. And the listing agent, if they have multiple offers and they see Emily's letter, right? And they know where to find me, right? I mean, I've been doing this a while. We've declared that already. How many years? They know where to find me. (laughs) They know my processing, my underwriting, my closing, my appraisers. Everybody's located right here in Rochester and it gives them a comfort level versus if you happen to go with um, an online bank, things may be done um, in other states. Maybe they're not familiar with um, our area and and may not understand um, what all the costs are involved locally Mm -hmm. and cannot speak as fluently um, with some of, um, our isms in our area. Like for example, I can't tell you how many times, um, (laughs) it's surprising to my buyers that have been pre-approved elsewhere. And Nakabari was nice enough to say, get a second opinion with Emily. (laughs) We call it the second look. When I give them that second opinion, Nakabari, a lot of times as I'm going through the numbers, they don't realize that, oh my goodness, I got to come up with a full year's taxes, uh, property taxes up front. Explain to me why that is. And, um, you know, they were getting pre-approved with that online bank. It was 1130 at night. They put in all their information and out popped a pre-approval letter. But I don't know that the client really had an understanding of the total funds needed at closing, Mm -hmm. um, why you need a full year's taxes up front, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, where the, what those numbers look like. And, and I, maybe because I'm a numbers person, I like to have everything laid out for me. I need to know exactly where how where all the numbers come from and understand what I'm going to need at closing and understand what that mortgage payment. And I feel like if you sit across the desk from somebody or if you work with a local lender um, and actually speak with someone and review those things with someone, I feel that adds value to both right. the client. And I also feel like the listing agent sees the value there and, and it, it, might add uh, additional weight to your offer being approved versus an offer with um, an online bank or a bank that's not um, local and doesn't quite understand um, Mm -hmm. how things are done here in uh, Monroe County and the surrounding counties. Very great, great point. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of just like when you when when a new buyer comes to you, you know you sit down or would like to would prefer to sit down um, with them and have that face to face interaction. And apart from that, apart from the formalities, it's more of a comfort of you know this is who I'm going to be working with. 
I know this person. They they know my situation. And you know, the great thing about that is it's, I guess, to me, if I was on that side, it's like a safety thing. Um, and it's also a communication thing. I know where that person works. I know how to reach them. And they are able to introduce me to their team. Literally, you know, I can go and shake hands with the people on their team. You know, there's already that familiarity. I think that, and I don't know much about this, but a lot of, you know, mortgage companies, you know, they have different products that are unique to their um, to their company or to their institution. And, you know, can you talk about some of the products that are unique to, um, you know, first priority that you uh, work with um, that others may not, um, others may not have? One of the programs that um, not all lenders have is Sunny May. And I, I talk about Sunny May a lot because it is truly one of my favorite programs because it does have um, some assistance financially for buyers um, mm -hmm. and and whenever a client can get free money it's always uh, an easy sell right and there's no strings attached right um, so it's one of my favorite loan programs and, and one of the other things that's good about it with first priority is that we underwrite them ourselves which means we have a sunny May underwriter and we are able to approve the loan um without having to send it to sunny may so huh. i would say that's one of the isms with first priority that is um that is a blessing um to my clients and it makes the process for sunny may um more streamlined yeah. and um and it 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 helps keep the closing i can do a sunny may closing in 45 days and I couldn't say that if my file had to be shipped to Sunny May. Right. So that's one of the programs. And again, we, um, you, you have to apply to have that program. So that's one of the programs that I like. Um, we also have a conventional loan program with 3% down. Some lenders are a minimum of five. So, um, mm something else that is um, that we have that we can offer. But a lot of, I would say niche products like before 2008 and before we became as regulated as we are, I would say lenders had a lot more niche programs like um, mm -hmm. they had the no income verification products. Ooh, nobody talks about those anymore or the no asset verification. Oh, it was, wow. It, it was definitely a different way of life. Um, and that's where, you know, we had a lot more niche programs, but for all the right reasons, those mm -hmm. programs aren't available to us right now. Right. And you hear the word conforming a lot. And the reason why we say that word or what that means in the mortgage world is that we conform to the standard conventional conforming guidelines. Mm -hmm. And those guidelines are rolled out from Freddie Fannie. Um, so all conventional conforming loans are either a Freddie or a Fannie mortgage. Mm -hmm. And we as a lender are required to follow those guidelines. Um, a bank can enhance them but they can't take from them. So in other words, conventionally, you have to have a 640 credit score, right? Um, that means first priority mortgage is gonna underwrite to the guidelines. 
But another lender can say, well, our minimum 660 and you have to have a 700 credit score to go 5% down. So you can enhance the guidelines, but you can't take from them. And, and the reason for that is that's what makes the loan conforming, right? So a lot of times people will say, my mortgage just got sold. Well, how a mortgage can get sold, Nakabari, is if we all conform to the same rules, right? Mm -hmm. That means when a mortgage is sold on the secondary market from one bank to another, if we all followed the same rules and we, it's a conforming loan, then it can be sold from one bank to another. Um, and it's the value of that paper is the same, right? So mm -hmm. that's how, in, after 2008, um, we became regulated. And I would say that, you know, we follow the conventional conforming guidelines for all conforming loans. And we follow the guidelines for the government loans. So, um, you know, and we have the ability to have a few first time home buyer products that maybe other lenders don't have, like we have the 3% conventional and we have the Sunny May. Um, but those, I would say, those are my, um, my bragging rights right there, I think, is, uh, <laughs> is the 3% down programs um, and some of the grant programs with Sunny May. Yeah. You know, I think, and, you know, before I got into, um, before I got to be a realtor and um, was able to, you know, help people buy and sell, you know, I, and I, and I even still hear this amongst my friends about that 20% rule. You know, you know, hey, Nikabari, you know, how much, how much do I need to be able to, you know, purchase a house? I need to have 20% saved up, right? And, you know, I think how I address it is, you know, I have them talk to, um, talk to a mortgage consultant or talk to, you know, talk to a mortgage person because everyone's situation is unique. Every transaction is unique. There's nothing typical about real estate. And, you know, can you talk more about that? I don't know if it's a myth or if it's still real about, you know, you need to put 20% down. Um, it, that was, that is a myth. And I think, I, I don't even know where it started. Um, but often people will say, well, you know, I need to have 20% down. Um, and that's not true. Um, as we learned, there are programs out there with 100% financing, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> There's actually two. We talked about the VA. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I always like to, to leave um, some mystery out there so that people call, but there are other 100% financing programs out there and you don't have to be a veteran. Um, so they, they have to call us and figure out um, what those are, mm -hmm. but you definitely don't need 20% to buy a house. And, and there are even grant programs out there that can help bridge you as well. So I say the first step, is to contact Nakabari and then Hello. he will send you <laughs> on and we will be able to talk about mortgages and we'll talk about if, if um, you don't have a lot of money right now, then we're going to do our best to find a program that's going to help you get into a home with the least amount of money out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to figure out creatively to bridge you to get into a home because we all know that buying a home is um, the American dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is, I've heard, the best way to build wealth. That's right. You know, what is the best, you know, after, you know, giving us all this wealth of information, um, what is the best thing a buyer listening right now 
can do to start, you know, getting ready for that home buying process? What's the best thing they could do? Well, first they have to call you, right? <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> and then what are your thoughts? They, right. Then they need to they need to make contact with the lender and um talk about um what those next steps are for them, right? Whether mm -hmm. it be working on credit, right. whether you know, some people don't know. Like we talk about um, you don't need 20% to buy a house, but how right. much do you need, right? What, what yeah. is that amount? What should mm -hmm. I have? And it's really going to be dependent on the loan program I can put you in. Right. And it's going to be dependent on how much house you're buying, right? Because right. there is a 3% down payment requirement. Well, 3% of a hundred thousand is $3,000, right? Right. Um, but of 200,000, right? Now we're talking $6,000, right? right? So, and then there's closing costs and and we slightly touched on having to come up with some um, property taxes as well. Did I answer it? What do we need to plan for? And, and the, I think the plan is to make the first phone call to me or to you. That is a great, you know, idea. And you just nailed it on the head of um, you know, I, because I was thinking, you know, with all the things involved in mortgages, um, there's no way we can wrap it all in just uh, this um, one, uh, this one episode. And, you know, before you go, you know, can you tell us why you chose a career in mortgage? So I've only had two careers. <laughs> and prior to mortgages, I was a counselor for adults. And so I started interviewing people from right out of college. And um I realized after a few years in counseling that what I loved most about what I did was interviewing people and talking about mm -hmm. their plans for the future. Yeah. Sometimes counseling, the plans are not, they, they might be struggling, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why they're <laughs> seeing a counselor. Right. Um, so I realized that the American dream, putting people in homes, um, was my destiny. And I don't mean to sound <laughs> corny, but I think my skills were transferable. Um, I, I think I can make clients feel comfortable enough to, and build that rapport with them mm -hmm. and bridge my counseling uh, experience into um, pre-approving people for mortgages and um, switching my career over um, to mortgages was the best thing I ever could have done. And I feel my counseling skills have transferred over mm -hmm. nicely. And um, because of that, um, I have such, I have great success and I love what I do. I hope that answers that. <laughs> no, I mean, I love that. And, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today um, for this episode, but thank you very much for your time. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds great. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe. If you'd like to feature on the Real Talk Real Tour podcast, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. My name is Nekabari Tour, the Real Tour, and I'll see you in the next one.